When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of I Think I'm Human Too. What a day it's been. My mom's in town. Um, We are heading to New York this week together. Mm -hmm. You haven't been in a really long time, right? All right. So she came into town for Labor Day weekend and I was like, well, actually, I'm going to New York this week. Do you want to stay a couple extra days? So we went to the fair today. Happy Labor Day. Um, Obviously, it's not by the time this airs, it won't be Labor Day anyways. But we went to the fair today. We trekked that out. It was really hot it was miserable (laughs) santino i'm gonna send you a photo of her sleeping in the car and then her nap on the way home or once she got home to add in for clips but it was really hot so it took a lot out of you today your mood is like so zen right now are you okay do you not want to be doing this i'm a little mellow oh no i love doing this okay good it is really warm in here too that's the other thing Mm. is minnesota's heat has gotten to like i think it said 105 today and our AC is not keeping up with the size house we have. No. So it's a little spashy in here. But you guys know me. And I have a blanket all the time because I'm a freak. Um, so, yeah. Last time we had mom on, we did episode one and two with you. And right. answered a bunch of questions that people had asked. But that was more focused around, like, what you would say to a child after a parent has passed. And you guys loved it so much. I posted on Instagram that she was here and people were like, is she going to be on the pod again? (laughs) So she's back and she's got a glass of wine. So hopefully that'll loosen her up. We'll see. Not sponsored, but it's in a hero cup. (laughs) I do love those hero patches, though. I cannot even lie to you. They're amazing. They are really good. Okay. There's a lot of questions and they're very random because we didn't really give. There was no topic that you asked yeah. for. We Pe- just said, what do you want to know? Started asking. I know. I kind of like it. I think it's kind of funny to me because so when I um, started out online, I just posted like whatever, whenever. And a lot of traction gained or, or like started around my dad and Raphael. And now if you ever like Google my name, one of the most talk shit about things about me is. I use my family for content and I find that so funny because I'm like, well, my family is my life pretty much like my Mm -hmm. dad and my husband, I was with 24 seven and they were always doing funny stuff. So if you really think about it, yes, my content was primarily family based and, but it makes me kind of sad because when I read that online, I'm like, it almost makes me want to be like, okay, well, so many people are asking for the content, but then I hear like one or two people online talking shit and I'm like, none of my mom, like, I guess no content about my family's allowed anymore. I'm just kidding, Bob. Well, the um, unfollow button is free, so. (laughs) Preach, sis, preach. I'm dead. Or the other day, did you see the video where I was like, well, you were in the car when I called you a bitch and people were like. Why would you call your mother a bitch? Yeah, that disrespect. Which I get it. Like each culture and every family is going to be different. Going to be different. But in our culture and family, we joke around and I knew that there was. Right. Yeah, you were not calling me a bitch. In well. the sense of the word. <laughs> well, 
you are being you normally are a raging bitch when you're shopping no like when you have to try stuff on yeah Yeah. um i think it's just kind of funny because you and i the way you've always just talked is how i talk now and so but you've said that sorry guys you've said that to (laughs) me as a child you'd be like you're being such a bitch and i'm like i think it's funny now because it's like i don't find that like offensive at all like if everyone's like you're being a bitch i'm like no valid like i really am i need to tone it down for a sec um but anyways, yeah, so I think it's kind of funny every time I see stuff online when I... Well, like we said in the last episode, I don't sugarcoat. <laughs> right, 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 right. How do you feel like... Um, so you obviously went home and watched them back. Did you watch them or listen to them? I watched them. I, okay. I watched them on YouTube. Did you feel comfortable or uncomfortable watching them? I, it was almost surreal. Yeah. Um, because I never thought I would be doing anything like this. But yeah, it, it, it was really kind of cool to see. Cool. One of the biggest things of feedback that I get every week is that I cut people off. And Mm it's, I said this the last time you were on, it's not even like purposeful, but this time it's so much more lax. And I'm like, I'm going to try really hard not to cut you off. Um, Some people, I got a lot of questions because the other day I posted a video of you and you had shorts on. And a lot of people were like, can we get a tattoo tour? A tattoo tour. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, It's not going to be in this week's podcast episode. So sorry to break everybody's heart, but Okay, let's just jump on in. There's so much. I think there's so many random things. This is the first one. What's your favorite memory with my dad that doesn't include us children? There's also a fly flying around in here. Mm -hmm. So if you see it on camera, sorry. Uh, My favorite memory of your dad uh, would be going up to Pikes Peak. Um, Where's that? That's in Colorado. It's the tallest tallest point in the mountain range out there if I remember correctly um I could be wrong on that but it was a great drive and we we saw bighorn sheep and mountain goats or I think it was mountain goats I don't remember but (laughs) they they were cool it was a long long time ago yeah we're talking did you guys like get out and about 32 years ago we tried to yeah we would we would take drives through the mountains. We would go drive up to Cheyenne to see my family. We would. What was it your guys' work life? Like what days did you guys work the same hours? So then when you guys were free, you guys just got to hang out or was it kind of hard? No, it wasn't hard. He was working with the dairy out there. So his hours were usually early morning to early afternoon. I was working uh, at a local pizza establishment to start Cute. with. Um and then come and get your pizza (laughs) yeah and then uh, I actually started uh working at a printing company out there okay so so you guys had pretty good hours Mm -hmm. like normal yeah did you guys work weekends or did you work weekends at all at the pizza place yes yeah yeah I think that's always something that's interesting to me is we don't get to know you guys at this age like I don't know who Mm -hmm. you were when you were 26 um which is so interesting to me even down to like what was dating life like did you guys have to maneuver around people's schedules i don't know i never had that problem with rafael rafael's schedule has always been super easy um my dating life was not normal so <laughs> what would <what> um <laughs> yeah how many boyfriends have you had i have been seeing seed symbiotic ds01 everywhere and i figured it was time to try it out because you guys know i love anything and everything gut health 
gut health does not just affect your digestive system. I don't understand. I don't think people understand how much it affects like your overall health and not only that, but like your skin, your readiness for the day. I just love when my gut is in line, I'm in line. When I'm in line, life is in line. So Seed is sharing a code with Human2 listeners, and I'm super excited for you guys to try them out. You are going to get 25% off to see if you like them just as much as I do. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash human2, that's all one word, and use code 25human2 to get 25% off your first month. So that's 25human2, all one word. That's 25% off your first month of Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash human2 with code 25human2. Nine. Nine? Mm-hmm. Really? I don't know why I thought that would be less. Yeah, no, nine. And that's including three husbands. <laughs> okay. Um. There's a lot of like random ones. Um, what is something that you've learned from each of us kids? So if you want to start with me or my older brother. Uh, I think from you, um, early on, I recognized that you were a completely different child from what I thought I would have as a girl. Um, Iggy. I had, I had to actually learn to let go a little bit with you because you were such a little control freak. Yeah. You would go in and help at preschool and, and miss so-and-so said it's time for bed. So we all need to go to bed. And you would walk around behind me at the house and be cleaning. Um, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. Um, as at this point in life, what I'm learning from you is how to take a step back and look at the whole picture before I make judgment or react a certain way that things take a look at it from the other person's point of view. Yeah. You know, things could be completely different than what you assume. Preach. Uh, with your brother, um, wow, he is a type one diabetic. So I learned a lot about standing up for him Mm -hmm. because he was six when he was diagnosed and his doctor looked at me one day talking about his, his different insulins and whether they were working or not. And I said, well, you see these kids all day long you know better than I do and she said to me she said Sheila I can see upwards of 50 kids a day you live with this one this one you know better than I do and you have to tell me what's working for him or not was that the one doctor he really liked the endocrinologist yes and she that has stuck with me throughout the next well now we're almost 25 years Mm -hmm. advocate for yourself advocate you medical professionals yes you You know know your body advocate for yourself if something's wrong tell the doctor something's wrong um you know Mm -hmm. uh with him most recently I think what I'm learning is to let go um 
he's almost 30 years old and as much as I want to fix things for him I can't yeah I have to let him handle things on his own yeah I think that was one of your weaknesses with him was that since he did have health issues and struggled in certain senses you yes. um I don't want to say coddled but you coddled and like definitely paved away for him and now he's like I enabled him. I got to figure out how to get through things by myself. Right. Um, he's so hit or miss, though. He goes hot and cold. Some days he's mad that nobody's doing it for him. And then the right. next day he's like, fuck you. Why are you helping me? Exactly. Um, someone had also asked, what's something that I learned from you? From your parents and siblings. Oh, OK. So I guess um, something that I learned... I guess for my older brother, why have, it's hard because I go into the younger brothers. My older brother, he has always just been kind, even Mm. if he's, well, to the world, not to like his family. He really struggles with being kind to his, his inner circle, but he's just always very kind to everyone outside. Um, And I love that about him. He is always smiling. He does not care. Like he'll be like, oh, I like your shirt. Um, He'll open the door for somebody he will say he is very just, I don't know, he's just kind. Um, something that I learned and I got from my dad that I loved about my dad was kind of the same thing. But he could talk to anybody and everybody. He did not have like a bone in his body that was like self-conscious. He did not give a single shit. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. I wish I had that because you and I go into our heads so much of like, should we have said that? Mm-hmm. Do we say that? And then you say it and then you're like, okay, did I fuck up? Like, should I not have said that? Um, so I loved that about my dad. I think something about you is that, um, what have I learned from you? I would say advocate for yourself, which is actually really funny because I don't think you do it for yourself. But I think that as a mom, that's probably why you were so like anal about us sticking up for ourselves. Now I'm like, I don't care who you are. I'm sticking right. up for myself. Um, and my circle. Sometimes I won't. I, I pick my battles and I choose my battles for myself. But it comes to like my circle. I'm like, yeah, no. It's always easier to stand up for someone else when you see some sort of disservice happening. But when it, it's like it's like the saying, you can't see the forest for the trees. When you're in that situation. Oh, I've never heard that. But that makes sense. Sometimes you, you can't see it. Yeah. So Blurred vision. Mm-hmm. That is true. What is a funny, like, do you have a couple of funny young stories from, from when I was young of me? (laughs) You were a precocious child with no fear whatsoever. We had a couple of friends up here who had horses and you had never seen a horse. You were maybe 18 months old, old enough to walk. And I'll be damned if you didn't walk straight underneath the horse multiple times in and around his legs. And and mind you, I had horses when I was younger, so I wasn't sure I'd never been around this horse. And you just, no fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Your younger, your older brother. <laughs> We had, we were living in the house um, up in White Bear. 
And believe it or not, we had a milkman. The milkman's name was John. And he had come over that morning. And he and your dad had known each other, I, I believe. And uh, so your dad and, and the milkman were standing there talking. And I looked at your brother and I said, you realize the milkman's your dad. Oh, or I your dad's the milkman. And he said, what? You're the milkman's baby. <laughs> he, well, because your dad had yeah. been a milkman. Yeah. And uh, he flipped out and was screaming, crying, John's not my daddy. John's not my daddy. My daddy's my daddy. And I felt so bad because I told him, I said, no, your dad, is, your dad was a milkman when we met. No, he wasn't. You guys, we were literally harassed our entire lives. This just reminded me. So <laughs> Eric was just here when you were napping. And we were talking because you remember my dad would always my dad would threaten us as kids and he would always joke around. He would be like, I'm taking you to jail. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. Well, this this is when I was like 10. So you were down south and I was up here for the summer and Eric and I were literally just talking about this story. So my dad wakes me up one morning. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but he wakes me up and he goes, get dressed. Pit. Like he's pissed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, OK. I'm looking around at my three brothers. Nobody else is dressed and ready to go. He's like, get in the car. And I'm like, okay. He gets me in the car. I have a little jean skirt on and I have a red old Navy tank top on and I have these little sandals on. I have pink sunglasses and I get in the car. Mind you, my dad is pissed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> He's like, you're going to jail. And I was like, I immediately lose my shit. I kid you not. And so we go pick up Eric and I remember this so vividly, like it was literally yesterday. We pick up Eric and Eric's like, oh, what up? Like, how's it going? I'm bawling in the backseat, like full on bawling. <laughs> and have you ever heard this story? So Eric gets in the car and Eric's like, what's happening? And I was like, my dad's taking us to jail. Eric's like, I remember Eric being so perplexed. Like, why the fuck did I just get in my <laughs> uncle's car? He's like looking at me. My dad's like, yeah, you guys are going to jail. You guys have been bad. And we're just sitting here. I just remember bawling the whole trip, like the whole trip. It's a two hour drive. Was it where he took, when he took you to Duluth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he took us two hours to Duluth. We get out of the car. I'm still crying. Like I'm at the point where I can no longer cry. I'm like just exhausted. And I'm probably eight to 10 years old max. Okay. And so that would put Eric at what? 13 maybe. And Every single photo my dad took of us, we are like this. We are stone cold. We're pissed off. We don't know what the fuck's happening. <laughs> my dad's trying to get us to like, because up in Duluth, there's like a bunch of boats. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to get us to, and there. There's, there's like big marine boats that you can like walk in on. You can play with the wheel as a kid. Both of us wanted nothing to do with this motherfucker. We're like, we want nothing to do with these boats. We want nothing to do with my dad. Mm -hmm. And my dad was so uh, com uh, like confused why neither of us wanted to be there. And we're like, well, because you've just told us for two and a half hours we were going to jail. Yeah. Like, oof. yeah. what are you talking about? So since that day, I Eric, again, Eric and I were literally just talking about this not even an hour ago. And uh, ever since that day, both him and I... Eric and I knew that anytime Bill said anything, it was straight bullshit. <laughs> Every Christmas, if we were ever naughty before Christmas, he would be like, if there's ever any attitude, your toys are going to the children's hospital. And then if we were bad after Christmas, he would be like, wrap up all your toys. They're going to the children's hospital to kids who are grateful for them. 
so but it was just funny because eric and i were like yeah no dead serious like we knew bill was never well and 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 i went at raising you two with the idea that the world is cruel and (laughs) if y'all are crueler (laughs) if you could take our teasing and our treatment that that would make you stronger people and there's nothing you can't say to me that my mom hasn't told me fact so you know <laughs> people pe- that is true people will make fun of me now and i'm like i don't even like i don't care you i don't, don't care. like what are you talking about yeah. but you you did know that you and you still do that you were loved unconditionally yeah 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 obviously as a kid i um it was i think when you're forming in your brain you're like well that kind of fucking hurt like <laughs> and now i'm like i don't know um but that's uh, that's a lot or even just like when i see comments online i'm like okay whatever mm-hmm. like you can't tell me where people will make fun of my nose online i'm like babes that's my biggest flaw that like i know about like mm-hmm. you're not gonna hurt my feelings if there's anything that what i will say is like when it's something that i'm like i enjoy about myself and someone comes for me i'm like oh wait that's then i'm just like okay well i like it so i don't care um but yeah someone had said absolutely anything i have a really shitty mom so i love hearing good moms talk so I can get a different perspective. So thank you for saying that. I'm sorry for your experiences. Um, I do think it's extremely rare to have a parent, much less both parents that are present, loving, caring, funny, and just as joking as mine are and slash were. Um, so I do feel very blessed, but I do forget that not everybody has that, which is something that's very odd to me. Mm-hmm. Um, are you hot? Sweat dripping in my eyes. I'm so sorry. It's not your fault. It's cooling off outside. Did you just spill wine? You did. A drip. You better start drinking up. I better start drinking up. People are asking for your try and haul. That will be coming this week. It'll probably actually be out on TikTok already before this podcast drops. So what was a way that you prioritized yourself during um, children? Like my teen years. She had said, I feel guilty if I spend any extra time or money. I, I got to be honest. I I felt the same way. Okay. I felt guilty. No, do, I think that's a great doing answer. Or saying any, you know, anytime I, I was a retail therapy. Um, if I had a bad day, I would go to an outlet store in, in our town and, and just wander for a half an hour, 45 minutes and put things in the cart and try things on and oh that looks beautiful hey let me put this in the cart and then I would start finding things for the kids and so (laughs) and then she'd come home with nothing I would I would either come home with nothing or I would come home with only items for my children Um, but it was the therapy of of going out and and just being alone for a few minutes and thinking about spending money so yeah I wanted to um, piggyback off that because I actually think it's a really cool question. I actually think that's a great answer because I do think that it's a very common answer is every Mm -hmm. mom goes through the mom guilt and especially if pennies are tight, um, which we obviously kind of my whole life, we've always been uh, paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. Um, But something that I wanted to say, being the child of that, because I didn't really know that was a thing. And obviously I don't have mom guilt yet. Um, my favorite part about you that my dad did not have, and this was always my biggest argument with about my dad. So my brother and I 
my the the one that I'm closest with, mm-hmm. right behind me. We had and still have interests that never my dad would never blink at. Right. But the other two boys, my oldest brother and my youngest brother, my dad could relate a lot to. Mm-hmm. And so when it ever came down to my dad wanting to do something, he would take one of those two. And if it was any of the either of those two doing something for school, extracurriculars, um, passions, like even just down to the movies that they watched, mm-hmm. my dad would always take one of those two. Right. Or show up for one of those two. And he never showed up for me and the brother that's right behind me. And him and I, the brother that is close with me, we've always said, we argued with our dad, even till like weeks before he died of like, why do you never come to stuff that we want to do? Why do you never talk to us about stuff that we want to talk about? Why do you never show up for us? You know, like we loved him dearly. I'm not talking shit, but it's just like it, he just, and then he would be confused why he didn't have that relationship with, um, us especially in like our adolescent years when we were like kind of finding us and it's like well because you care more about baseball than barbies you know whatever Mm -hmm. but that was always something about you that and this is i promise it's tying even all the way up until now you still show up on stuff even if it's like not your favorite thing to do or you don't want to do it at all or you're miserable through it you just are happy to be there and be present and i think that always showed especially like Back when I was in high school, I dated a baseball player and I was a baseball manager. Do you ever want to spend your Friday nights at a baseball game, especially in South Florida? Like that shit's hot. You showed up every each and every time. You were always just happy. I think it's a simple way of um, even if you are tight or you're it's just showing up for your kids in the way that they need a friend. Um, And I know that there's a lot of times where it's like embarrassing to have your mom around, but I would have been embarrassed if it was stuff like you were forcing me to go to. Mm-hmm. But I think it was cool that you just like came, you just sat back, you let me kind of do my own thing. And then my friends started to like talk to you more. And then you became friends with my friends. And now it's like, literally I'm an adult now and you're friends with all my friends. You're always around. Nobody ever like blinks an eye. And it's like, Oh, why is Sheila here? Like, um, and I, I don't know. I know that's like not the way that you wanted to prioritize yourself, but having mom guilt. But like, there was so many times where I didn't even know that you weren't, or that you might have been struggling or that you needed. I don't know. You just were always. No, because to me, the, the most important gift that someone can give or receive is your time. And love. Unconditional love. Yeah, unconditional love. And, and the fact that, you, you know, I you can't get time back. Yeah. So for me to choose to be with you at a baseball game yeah, yeah uh, you know, 100 degrees at, at night with the mosquitoes. And right. it, it, it wasn't exactly the best, most enjoyable, right. you know, because of the atmosphere, um, you know, not the baseball atmosphere, but the, the, the heat and everything. Yeah. But it was, I was, I was able to be with you. Yeah. So that's just, I just, I kind of, I want to tell any parent that of like, I know you're probably struggling and I'm going to struggle in my future of like, how do I prioritize myself Mm -hmm. um, without feeling guilty? But I'm kind of excited for those times of like, they're only young ones. Like I almost wish I could go back to high school and go back to those moments. And, um, and I think it was very special that you showed up even though it was a $5 game and it wasn't much, but it was still, I don't know. So yeah. (laughs) Um, there are so many questions. So someone said, have Sheila interview you 
similar to the way she interviewed or like I interviewed you. Okay. So like opposite, but maybe let's do that for our part two. Okay. Um, so like you can start to think about and gander. And if I guess you guys will start to know some of the questions my mom has for me, how did you handle being away from us? Um, what was your thoughts on that Mm. when we were away? That was a tough one. Um, being away from you, the the minute you guys would start to walk down the gangplank for the uh, um, for the airplane, I would actually start to do the "I love you" sign, and I would wait until you got to. Yes, I do. Thank you. I'm I would, sorry. It's so hot. Here. I would wait until you actually got to the gates, um, and we would. You, you would turn around and do the I love you sign, and that was every single trip that I was able to put you on the plane. Um, yeah, we always did this. That's why we have it yatted. And uh, so once you were gone, it was a different household. I mean, at that point, I was married to another man who had two children who were each seven years older than you. And so... The focus became them. them. Um, it's kind of good to like get your head back into gear right away. You got kids yeah. back still at home. You can't really be sad. Yeah. Um, would you move when we move? I think this is funny. So <laughs> you're four hours away from me. You're in Madison, Correct. Wisconsin Correct. area. We are in the Twin Cities. And my husband and I have been talking a lot about moving out of the cities and we are actually trying um we're still kind of battling with the mortgage lender right now um to get an out-of-state mortgage but fun fact you'll be moving too yeah we're looking to move to tennessee so she'll she's looking at tennessee Ruffin and i are up in the air between texas and tennessee um we're definitely thinking texas right now as like our five-year plan so we'll probably move there be there for a few years and then as of right now Tennessee is in our background um it's just a lot of a lot of tax breaks there Mm -hmm. um starting with that and then uh we just don't really know where but yeah you'll be moving anyways Mm -hmm. I don't know if you'll ever come with like come to the same city as us I don't really foresee you I think as as couples you two like the the city and the hustle and the bustle and my husband and I prefer, I, I would rather have acreage and, yeah. you know, quiet and neighbors that I can't throw a baseball and hit their house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll get there. I don't really. And I think that's another thing that I've always said is I grew up going back and forth. So getting on a plane to me is no big deal. Right. I know there are some families. It does stink. I mean, I, if one day we could live in the same town, I think that would be very cool. But I also don't feel like it's very realistic for us because exactly like what you just said, we're just two totally different people, two totally different couples. And you're on your back end of starting to settle down. We're on the front end of like starting to pick up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't. Unless we were to happen to land where you guys land, I don't ever think you'll land where we land. That sounds accurate. Yeah. Um, what makes you so passionate about about your animals? <laughs> oh, I just love I just Oh, love my goodness them. sakes. What makes me so passionate about my animals? Um, They're just helpless. They need us. And we need them. Yeah. Um, if 
animals, in my belief, have souls. They have feelings. They do. They have, some people don't believe that. Well, they're wrong. I know. Um, <laughs> they're wrong. My opinion is they're wrong. However. Um, no, you're wrong. With, with animals, I mean, they're they're happy to see you. They're, they're excited when small things happen. Uh, you they're know, Hunter has always just been my dog and he protects me and, and if I'm having a bad day, he'll come in and he'll nudge. He'll literally, my arm will be sitting on my hip and he'll come in and nudge his nose in between until he's actually laying his head on my thigh right. and just to give me, me just to, you know, say, hey, mom, I'm here too. And yeah, so, it, yeah. I love coming home to them. They're always just so happy. Yeah. I don't under, I will never understand how people do not like animals. I don't get it. I understand like if you've been attacked, I can see how you're afraid, mm -hmm. but I will never get behind. Or like I can understand if people are like, I just don't want my own because I don't want the responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Like they are a lot of work. They are. Raphael and I have talked about that a lot of like when one of the two gets older and like on its back end, do we get a puppy? Because or do we keep one for a few years by itself until it's on its back end? Whatever. I know we'll end up with more. I just think that they're just so loving. They We don't deserve animals. I don't believe we deserve them at all. Well, I think it's with, with animals, they have, they have an intuition as well. If people, my dogs know if someone coming in the house is not a nice person, you know, so I yeah, trust my vibes. animals for that for yeah. sure. And I, when I used to interview people, I would ask them Interview mind you this for was what? for a family family run business the printing business oh, oh. um i would work into the conversation as to whether the people were dog people or cat people yeah. and if they said they didn't like animals i kind of scratch they i kind of figured they weren't good customer service people because they didn't have the empathy sad so we uh i worked at a company remember the plumbing and heating one that i mm -hmm. worked for they have on their res or on their applications now are you a of dog friendly because they have dogs at the office i'm like i wish that was an option i would have brought ebby every day what is an assumption what are some assumptions you have about my marriage do you have any like assumptions this is kind of funny to me oh my goodness okay. assumptions about your marriage You could make it literally anything. It doesn't matter. Oh my God, I'm tired. And no, I think it, watching you and him. No, I'm not watching. What's an assumption? An assumption. Oh my goodness. It could oh. be funny. I'm assuming this is probably like a funny. Let's see. I would assume that he puts... That he puts the gas in the car for you, the same oh, as your dad did. Oh, my God. Is that because you saw my TikTok? Uh-uh. So, I just was telling this to Savannah the other day. I made a TikTok a couple weeks ago. I pulled it into the gas station. And I had a brain fart moment. Like, I did not have gas to get home. I had to pump gas. I'm looking around. Mind you, you know I just got this new car mm -hmm. a couple months back. And um, I'm looking around like, where the fuck is the gas tank lever? So I whip out my phone to make a TikTok. And of course, God forbid, that was the wrong answer. I should have fucking Googled it and stayed offline anywhere <laughs> else. So I was like, okay. Well, there are literal websites that have made 
front of me now, like full websites because I don't know how to pump my own gas. And I was like, okay, valid. But I don't think anyone's taking it with context. I just got a new car and I don't believe I've filled my own tank since I've gotten this car. Maybe once, but it was one of those panic moments where I was like, literally I needed gas so bad. And I like rolled into the station and I think I just had a brain fart and it was ended up being just like a push lever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I thought that's why you said that. One of the funny memories I have of you is you were probably 14, 15, getting ready to start driving and you wanted to put gas in the Jetta and we pulled in and I I handed you the debit card and you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? I said, you pay for the gas. Well, there's nobody here to take the debit card. What do I do with it? I said, you put it in the machine, and you spent a good five minutes looking for the slot to put the debit card in. Probably true. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I do not remember that. Um, do you have any advice for someone who's never known their birth mom but is wanting to reach out and want to connect? I commend you for asking that question and for wanting to get to know your birth mother. Um, I think be prepared um, for both a positive and a negative Mm -hmm. reception. Um, Some birth parents don't want to have the contact, um, aren't prepared for it. um, Or maybe not good enough for you. And sometimes they don't. And maybe, the, yeah. Um, and they know that your life might be better without them. So that's the worst case scenario. But right. also that's but a good case scenario too. The best case scenario is that it's the long lost child that they've been wanting to reach out. And, um, you know. I also think you, if you haven't connected in a long time, I don't know your situation or your story, but you might have a vision of somebody in your head. Right. And it's really with anybody and everybody I can't, like, for example, I can't be mad at Raphael for not being the husband that I pictured in my head. I can't force him to be that husband. I have to love him for the person that he is. That's my choice to love him for who he is. It is not his responsibility to become this human that I've made up in my head. So if you do reconnect and you figure out, ooh, this is not the woman that I thought, well, it's not her responsibility to be the woman that you thought. Right. Or you pictured or you imagined or you drew up. Um, So take them as they are. And they hopefully will do the same for you as well. It depends on your situation. But I don't know if you know nothing about them or go in with an open heart and an open mind, but also enough boundaries slash guards up to not get hurt. Right. Good answer. What was the hardest part about raising me? Your independence. That was the hardest part. I feel like that's a gray or like a, what is it called? A beige flag. Like it's not a red flag or a green flag. Like it's good and bad. You know, you, you have always had this idea of what you want, how you want things to be and you manifest them. Um, you're goal driven and, that is a completely different personality from mine. Um, you know, your brother and I are more alike. These bitches are Pisces. Her and my older brother are Pisces. Yeah. And I literally my entire life, I was like, why are you fucking crying? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh Fact. my god. Fact. Yes. Facts. Um, what's it like being my mom? I'm assuming meaning like I'm assuming they're meaning just who I am online. Like it, what people don't I, I, I think don't really take into account is that what who you are online is not who you are on an everyday basis. Um, you know, there's they're not seeing the whole story. Hold on. I feel so bad for how hot you are. I don't know why I am sweating so it's bad. It's this house. I but it is yeah, literally dripping into my eyes. <laughs> I feel like I'm back at the fair. <laughs> you guys, it was so bad at the fair. Um, I do want to kind of touch and piggyback off of that because it is true. I think that, no, I know that we only put a certain portion of ourselves online. Right. Most people use their s- social medias as a highlight reel. I try very hard to not. Um, I try hard to be more real with you guys, share the goods, the bads, the uglies, the mm-hmm. crying, the vulnerability. But this is the side that the shit that goes viral is always where I'm being fucking brutal to Raphael. And it goes viral because so many people relate, Mm -hmm. but there's so many people out there that are like, she's a bitch. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm not sitting here saying I'm the nicest person ever. I think there are a lot of women out there where you literally just see them and they radiate kindness, joy, love, grace. Like I'm not that. And I'm not claiming to be that. And I don't want to be that. Not that I don't want to be that, but it's just not who I am. I don't sit here and look at myself and I'm like, like who's an actress that like Anne Hathaway. If you were to ever meet her, she just seems like the kindest, cutest, mm-hmm. sweetest, most joyful person. And I'm not ever trying to be her. Or mm-hmm. for re- for relatability, Anna Sitar on TikTok. She's got like millions and millions of followers. You just think she's the kindest human to ever exist. And if I were to ever meet her, I expect to just get straight up kindness. With me, I just think I'm like, I just know I'm not that person. I'm real. I'm funny. Like I try to like my sarcasm is really real. Um, some days I am brutal because I am annoyed with Raphael or my dad or whatever the hell was going on. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's where was I going with this? I do think that there's a lot of people that think that I mean and I'm like, I do have a brutality to me. Yeah, but there was one the last time I was here and we went out to dinner and I caught my back on the door um and you made a tiktok about it and you were like oh she's so dramatic it's everything's always about her she's dying and it was it was kind of i i read one of the comments that said oh hey something along the lines of that's right you're the girl who picks on everybody and can't take it yeah and that comment is so wrong because you dish it out but you take it just as well that's and just it's almost much. like our love language if we're not picking on remember I, anytime you guys would have a new friend yeah. come over I would tell them if I'm not picking on you I don't like you I don't like you I do want to say that too is I think that so many people think that I'm just straight up fucking harassing our family 24 7 but it's like well because they're not posting it on TikTok right. I am right but I'm like Raphael even is like no, I make fun of this girl. Raphael is so brutal to me too. Like, and it's so funny because when I first came around his family, they were like, who is this girl? And Raphael was like, and I'm sitting here like, it's because he's 
not who he is <laughs> to me in public. I don't know. So he's gotten a lot better and a lot more open over time. But yeah, or even just like yesterday when mm-hmm. we got locked in my office building, it's a story for another day, but I started going to full panic attack mode and I was not being nice because I just go into like, when I go into anxiety, I'm like not the nicest person at all. I'm a bitch for sure. And I'm just like, just fix it. Like somebody fix it fast. Like, um, I'm like very, bl- very brutal, but Raphael didn't say a word. And I was like, okay, that's not weird. And then afterwards he was like, yeah, because we're with your mom. Like, I'm not going to be rude, but he's normally really mean back. Like, I've seen not really him, mean, but I've like, seen him do it. <laughs> he's very stern back. And, um, I won't say he's mean, but I don't know. Um, I really enjoyed her on the pod to begin with. She's very sweet and kind and wise. We love that. Thank, Thank you for you. that. Um, we need to hear how she's handling your family's troubles. There's a, a couple um, questions regarding the family issues that have been brought up. We stated this in the last episode, though. Um, we just are really trying to refrain from any and all. And specifically you, I've just asked to not be in or relay any information. Um, but what I will say is when people threaten legal action, it went immediately to like my legal team and all that. And we've just all been told that just stray away as much as possible. Um, maybe there's one day where I come back on and I want to talk more about it, but I don't really want to internalize that right now. So what's your take on Raphael? My take on Raphael. Um, he is a well-rounded human being who's been through some things in his life that has helped make him a better human. Um, I think he is kind and loving, but he also has boundaries and he's very good with those boundaries for himself. He is helping you to learn your boundaries Mm -hmm. and in turn, even helping me learn to set my own. Um, He's, he's perfect for you. He's perfect. We love him. He's a great little guy. I love when I call him little. And I mean, <laughs> if you ever call Raphael little, if you ever see him, be like, I love your little shoes. <laughs> He's always so, every single time people will be like, I think he was told the other day, one of my girlfriends was like, oh, I like your little outfit. He was like, little outfit. <laughs> he thinks it's like the funniest but meanest compliment out there. Anytime you put little, he'll be like, little, little this. It's so funny to me. It feels like it's getting hotter in here. Mm-hmm. I think the lights are... They're LED. They shouldn't be emitting. Let me think what I want to think. Okay. <sighs> Just like Raphael says that the candle is going to be the reason that the house is fucking hot <laughs> as shit. Um, so this one, do you want to answer the one from your sibling? Sure. So one of her brothers asked, do you regret any part of growing up and leaving home under the circumstances that you left? I can only imagine the circumstances he thinks that I left about and for. Um, And yes, I do regret. um, I regret the way that that my father and I handled things because. Did you guys get in a fight? We did. Um, I was dating a boy right out of high school. He was two years older than me. Um, he was not nice. Um, None of them are at that age. Yeah. Um, they all kind of suck. And 
I, I had three younger brothers at home, one who was two years behind me and then one who was 16 and a half years. And the other one was, oh my, uh, he, he was 19 years, isn't he? Uh, almost, almost 19 years younger. And so he was, I don't even remember if he was even born when I left. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were maybe teen. Well, I guess they were only what? Like seven when I was born? Yeah. Yeah, the youngest one was seven when I was born. Oh, yeah. So this would have been, dang, I didn't even know this. Yeah. And um, so, yes, the regret that I had with that was the amount of time that I lost with my parents um, because I wanted to do something that my father didn't agree with. Um, My mother actually, (laughs) my mother actually helped me find my first apartment. She went with me. She was there to help me sign the lease. Um, She handed me the keys to the van and told me to move out. This was all in a weekend where my dad was in the Air Force Reserves. And then she proceeded to lie to my father and tell him that I had stolen the van. She had no idea where I was um, and would never, if I would call the business to talk to her, um, she would tell me he wasn't, he didn't want to talk to me. And of course I had these younger siblings who I wanted to be around. I never knew Um, any of this. But my father I found out later on in life, probably 15 years later, that he actually drove around the county looking for my car and looking for me. And the whole time my mother knew exactly where I was and that she had helped me move out. So Papa didn't or did want you to move out? Papa didn't want me me to move out. Papa, You guys were just fighting. We were just fighting. The Yeah. So you wanted to move out. Nina helped you move out. Mm-hmm. Weird. What was her yeah. motive? Do you know? She didn't want to get in trouble by helping Him. me. Yeah, she didn't want, which to me is such a backwards way of thinking. Yeah. Um, I'd be like, the bitch is gone. What's it to you? Yeah. He, he never. <laughs> be nicer. He never knew that I actually would call the shop to talk to him. I would ask if he wanted to talk to me, and she'd tell me, absolutely not. He doesn't want to speak to you. So at what point did you guys reconcile? So what age were you? 18? 30. Oh, I'm sorry. Reconcile. Okay, Um, no. When did this all go down? 18. This this went down when I was, um, I had just turned 19. And you didn't reconcile till 30? No, no, no. I, I misunderstood the question. Um, we reconciled probably a year later. Okay. So, and, and you just called him up and okay. Did the, all that get cleared out? Like you were he, like, well, he actually, he actually took the kids. He and my mom were taking the kids to Lowry Park Zoo and invited me and he would gave me the cold shoulder the whole day. But beyond that, that kind of broke the ice because then he knew where I was. And yeah, he never knew any of all, any of this until 30, probably about 30 years old. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Was it just you two talking about it? Yeah. 
And, what did and he say? That was, <clears throat> well, I had a horse that we were taking up to my aunt and uncles in Brooksville. Mm-hmm. And um, my father was just absolutely livid with me and started to yell at me in the, in the truck on the way home. Is it when you're 30 years old? Yeah. Okay. And I, I said, what, what the fuck is your problem? Why are you yelling at me? This, <clears throat> And it again came out that the, the horse um, was another lie from, another Anna, lie right? from I do my mother. This part. Yeah. I this part. So my mother had actually told my dad that I wanted the horse. It was my horse. I paid for it. I never fed it, never came down to, to do anything unless it was on my schedule. Um, when in reality, um, she wanted another horse to have in the pasture and wanted you girls to come down and learn to ride. Which horse was this? This was Brownie. Oh. And we still well, had Queen. My, horse. my original pony. We still and had Queen. And then it Queen. became my horse. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, there was four different stories that were floating around about how we got Brownie. Um, and realistically, my mom was up like a 100 or $150 short. So I wrote the $150 check to cover the amount for the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, I would throw money at her for some hay and some feed. And then when we're, ta- when we're getting rid of the horse, um, all of this went down. And he was just livid with me because he, my mom had told him that it was my horse. I had never done anything. And then we started to talk and I... He asked me about moving, moving out, why I did that, why I stole the van. And I said, hey, hold it just a second. And so we set the story straight on a number of things and realized that um, bipolar um, really was an, an, an issue with my yeah. mother. Yeah. So, so. Excuse me. So I've never really had a super close relationship with them. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you were a lot closer with Papa. I was a lot closer with Papa, especially later on, because my mother had had a, a catatonic breakdown mm-hmm. um, in the, I believe it was the year 2000 when her, her father died. Um, and God, she, I couldn't imagine. She Was she really close with her dad? Yes. She, she hung the moon and stars for for her father yeah um only girl out of four kids um a very similar um situation to mine and my brothers yeah it's very weird because your mom is one of four one of four three boys you're one of four three boys i'm one of four three boys and all of us are closer i I wouldn't say i was closer with my dad but like had that um stereotypical yep daughter father relationship yeah, it was um, at once mom started getting sick um, and in, ended up in and out of the mental hospital a number of times. Um, that was really brutal. Um, and, you know, that was when I started to step in and take care of the kids because I was in, in town. Yeah. And my father was a long-haul trucker. Yeah. So at that, at that point in time, so I, I was kind of raising two families. Yeah. So, yeah, we were raised with my uncles that are close in age, um, almost mm-hmm. as like cousins slash older brothers. Like, I don't ever call them my uncles. Like, yeah. it's just weird. I don't know. They mm-hmm. just don't. There are my uncles, but I don't know. It's very odd. 
Um, there was another question that said, how do you help your mom or how do I help my mom, not you, through mental health issues, anxiety, depression? Um, and you've kind of gone through those things. What mm-hmm. was ways that like we could have helped or if we did help? I think the biggest thing that would have made a lot a lot of difference was to recognize that I'm not just a Pisces always crying. Um, <laughs> that sometimes the, when you were growing up, I was in a very bad marriage. Yeah. And depression was a real thing. Um, anxiety was a real thing. I've just now started to learn that though as an adult. And yeah. I've even spoken on that publicly Mm -hmm. online because I did not know I've even talked to a girlfriend that struggles with this and I'm like I just don't get it I've never experienced it the anxiety depression all that stuff I didn't know it was a real thing Mm -hmm. so I do think that on the opposite side of being blessed that I don't have those issues I mean I've I've gone through depressive episodes Mm -hmm. but I do not have depression Um, so I do think that that's something to also be aware of for both parties. For me, I don't understand what it's like to have chronic depression or anxiety, but also for those people that do have it to understand that we just don't understand. Right. It's not insensitive. It's just, I physically cannot understand it. Well, and I will tell you that my depression and anxiety was definitely rooted in that relationship. Um, it was situational, never knowing yes. what mine, you're going to, yeah. Mine kicked in after my dad died, and it was just yeah. like straight up fucking anxiety. I'm like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Then it went into full-on panic attacks and, and depressive episodes, and, and I'll even tell Raphael, I'm like, I just feel depressed. And he'll mm-hmm. be like, you don't have depression. Why are you saying that? And I'm like, I'm not saying I'm, I have depression. I'm just saying I am feeling an emotion, and that emotion is right. depressed. Depressed is still an emotion. It. it For someone who is not going through it, um, whether it be depression or anxiety, validation from the others around you helps. Yeah. Just to say, hey, I understand. I'm here. Uh, You know, and and sometimes it's just to know that there's someone who hears you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a serious issue and it can... It can be deadly. Yeah, it's getting worse, too, I feel like, in the world that we're living in. I did Mm want to say, I just talked about love languages in the last two episodes. And I think that kind of ties in of, if you know your people, you know your parents, you know your siblings, your coworkers, your husband, you can start to show up for them in different ways, Mm -hmm. in different manners. And that ties into, again, when I was having depression and anxiety um, after my dad died, people were showing up for me in ways that they knew how. Mm -hmm. And... I know that seems silly to tie that into love languages, but it's true of like I now as an adult and I've experienced my own life and my own anxieties, depressions, panics. um, I know better how to show up for others that go through that same thing. So it might even just be a conversation of sitting down and be like, Hey mom, like I don't know what you've been through and I don't know, like I can't relate, Mm -hmm. but how can I show up for you? Like how can I love you when you can't love yourself? Like how can I help you when you can't help yourself? Um, And I really just, I know that not every mom or not every child has a mom that can ask them that. But I think if you just pay attention to what she needs and what, what does she do on a normal day that she's not doing when she's in an episode? Like, Mm -hmm. 
what can I step up and help her for or with? And maybe that doesn't even need to be like a conversation that needs to be had. Or sometimes it's just like, you don't need to thank you either. I think that's a really big thing is when sometimes, especially if you're in through a really deep rut, you're not going to tell me thank you, not you specifically. But if I show up with stuff and you're like, I don't even want that. Like, what are you doing? Like, no, thank right. you. Like, you're not going to get a thank you because they're just so blocked. Um, but really it's just because you're doing what they need and even if it's just a simple text message, it could be as simple as like, Hey, I hope you have a great day today. I'm really sorry that I know it's really hard right now, but like keep pushing. It could be you show up and do her laundry. It could be you show up with her favorite meal and you sit there and talk to right. her for hours. It could be you show up with her favorite game. Um, I think it looks different for everybody. And that's where last week I was saying that of like everybody's love language and love reciprocation. It's all different. Um, and that goes for everything. It is. It so, does. Yes. But I do believe in like the situational and understanding that you don't understand. I don't understand. And it's okay. But like, how can we help each other? And I think that that's something that has changed in the past, probably three years for us. Mm-hmm. We've reached a point where we can talk about it. Um, you do understand a little bit better. Um, and I'm, understanding how to share with you when I am having a bad day or just, you know, the past year losing three people rocked my world. And being open and understanding myself um, has helped me be able to talk to you about it. And I think we're, as human beings, we're all still growing and still changing Absolutely. So I also think a lot of people think that since I come from you or like you come from your parent, you're a lot like them. And I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. And I think that's something that I've had to learn is that I am not you and you are not me. And I don't have to like the things you like. and You don't have to like the things I like to still be able to have a relationship. And I think a lot of people struggle with that as parents and as children, you want like, again, my dad, I wanted him so badly to just, just fucking entertain the shit that I like. Just ask me about it. Um, and he did like later on, but as a child, he did not. Right. And that would, I won't say he did not, but like you could just tell that he had a lot, he had a lot more in common with two of my siblings versus the other two of us. Um, so I just think that that was, that was another big thing that I've come through and maturing in life of just knowing that Mm -hmm. I don't have to like the things you like and I don't give a shit if I don't like them and it embarrasses me or something like, um, when you started like your gun stuff, I was like, that's so weird. Or like hunting, which I still don't like hunting. I do not like killing animals. I don't fuck with it, but I understand Mm -hmm. the, the joy that some people get from it. I don't know. Anyways, (laughs) I think we should wrap up. The joy is being in nature. But you can get some binoculars and sit in a tree stand and fucking watch the birds and not have to kill anything. Oh, I do that too. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Oh, are those the days you just don't see a deer? Yeah. Okay. We're going to wrap up this episode. <laughs> it has been obviously so fun. We're going to be in New York. Yes. Um, this week. So Savannah and I will be filming Bleep That Out in New York this episode. And I will also be filming another Human 2 episode. So... Other than that, in the next few weeks, we'll be moved into the office space and you guys won't be seeing this background anymore. Thank God, because it's a mess and it's really fucking hot in here. So (laughs) thanks for doing this once again with me. You're welcome. I'll go put you in the freezer for an hour and let you cool off. (laughs) 
Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday. Have a wonderful weekend and stay in touch with us on Instagram and TikTok for some New York. Goodbye. Bye, guys.